Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email on the mark at WKOK.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board of the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show. On the Mark, I'm Mark Lawrence. Listen to live, live, same old, same old. Listen up. Tell us you're somebody different today. Please. I am Dr. Oz. All right, and I'm Fetterman. I'm going to be enjoying my life in New Jersey, and then I'm going to one of my three and I'm going to ignore doctor's in, in advice Turkey. and have all sorts of things implanted in my chest. Are you okay? Yeah, are you? <laughs> all right, welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. Uh, Mr. Joe McGranahan is here. I'm Mark Lawrence. Rob Sanders, our fabulous producer on the other side of the glass, so we appreciate that. Good morning, he's already, Rob. He's already been uh, hard at work putting our first guest on the line. Uh, with that, uh, we talked to Don Cook. Toguchi. She is executive director of the Open Discourse Coalition based out of Lewisburg, working with Bucknell University, but separate from the university, to make sure that open discourse happens, all viewpoints get uh, open forum, and that uh, leadership classes happen, and a, and a number of other things occur. So, Well, that's bound to get her into trouble. Right. Dawn, thank you so much for calling in today. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. I really do appreciate it. Open Discourse Coalition, probably folks have seen that the old Santander Bank there is now used for a, a uh, educational and enrichment form, an academic facility. So uh, tell us about the Open Discourse Coalition. Probably have to start with a little bit of its history and then tell us what's happening now. Well, Open Discourse Coalition was founded just two years ago by three Bucknell alumni who were growing concerned about the lack of openness to a variety of intellectual viewpoints on American colleges and universities. Um, we know that this is something that is across the higher ed landscape. So Open Discourse Coalition was founded by concerned alumni who wanted to serve an alma mater that we love by providing a variety of intellectual viewpoints on campus. So we do this by providing logistical and financial support for on-campus programs that align with our mission. For example, last year we were proud to financially support Jordan Peterson coming to campus, um, a panel on COVID facts and misinformation with Dr. Scott Gottlieb and Bucknell alum, Dr. Marty McCary. But we also host seminars for students at our office on Market Street. We award research grants for students and for faculty, and we foster alumni connections uh, to allow students to practice open discourse and to really enrich their educational journey. Now, what wasn't happening at Bucknell? Why was it necessary, or what, you know, what was the impetus? Were there viewpoints that weren't allowed on campus, or students, or faculty, or somebody else wouldn't allow all viewpoints to speak up? I think a good example of <clears throat> what 
what really ignited the spark for this is an event that was held on campus several years ago, a really excellent event featuring Princeton professor Dr. Robbie George and Cornell West. Now, Dr. George and Dr. West are at the opposite ends of the ideological uh, spectrum, very liberal and very conservative, and they're great friends. And they held a colloquy at Bucknell to talk about their differences and where they find commonality um, and common ground. They do this around the country um, to show that polarization is not necessary. Um, this was a really great event. And after the event, a student told one of our now founders that she came out to the event because she personally was very liberal. Uh, she really disagreed with Dr. George on many issues, and she wanted to hear about why he came to those conclusions. She wanted to understand his perspective better. That's awesome. But then she said, I've never been to an event like this. I don't know if anything else like this could happen on campus. And so that's that's really an example of something that kind of got in our head about we need we need more not less of this type of programming we need more not less of these opportunities for students themselves to engage and grapple with perspectives and ideas that they may disagree with or not understand and we also need to demonstrate it on campus so we're here to to make more of that happen um, and again, you know, we see this across higher education. Uh, this is where Bucknell and many schools are struggling with how to, to make this happen in a really productive way. Uh, so we're here as a group of alumni and donors and supporters who care about the students and want to give them these opportunities. What have you brought in just strictly a conservative firebrand, let's say, uh, just to get somebody exposed on campus? What do you think the reaction would be? Well, you can you can look and see who those different conservative firebrands are and what kind of reactions they're getting on campuses right now. And, you know, at Open Discourse Coalition, we're really not um, we're really about providing as many perspectives as possible and whenever possible, multiple viewpoints on an issue. So we try to be very intentional and in not just simply um, bringing a provocateur to, uh, we don't want to be provocative just for the sake of being provocative. Um, we really want to demonstrate civil, rigorous discourse because that's lacking so often. Um, not just in higher ed, but, you know, we see that culturally, in politics, everywhere. Well, if you if you brought somebody onto campus who was, let's say, a liberal or a conservative firebrand, would you expect that the, the, the work you've done would have produced a result where people would say, gee, I want to go hear this person? I know at Susquehanna a few years back they had, I uh, forget the guy's name, Mark, he was a real conservative, they brought him in, there were protests turning to me for memory. Come Sorry, on, Joe. I should know better. <laughs> but uh, they brought him in, and uh, my son, who's a liberal, went down to hear him speak, and he said, you, you know, th that was a pretty interesting talk. Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so suppose if Ben Shapiro was there, would you want to pair him with somebody, or would you let him come on his own? Oh, our desire is whenever possible to pair them, um, not to have a debate or or win or lose or say here's the right way to think or wrong way to think, in fact the opposite, but to demonstrate and encourage critical thinking. 
understanding a different perspective that you may not have heard before. So in that case with a Ben Shapiro, how enriching would it be to have a staunch liberal up on the stage with him to to discuss not just hot-button issues, but where they might have common ground? How enriching would that be to students um, to take into the classroom environment, into their their dorm room discussions, um, but to demonstrate that we can disagree, we can be civil, we can learn something about the topic or ourselves in the process, and we can we can restore the liberal arts tradition of learning how to think, not what to think. Okay, well, there are so many instances, and I know cancel culture is one of the things you're interested in as well. There are so many efforts to cancel these speakers, both uh, mostly on the the left. I'm sorry, most of the left trying to cancel speakers on the right. How do we how do we overcome the fact? How do we get through to kids that you know it's worthwhile hearing this other perspective, even if you don't agree with it? It's a it's a big challenge. It's a big challenge right now. Um, many students still feel like it's appropriate to shout down speakers. You know, we've seen some very famous examples of that recently in the last year um, across the country, uh, or to simply um, not hear them at all. Uh, and and that is where we need a cultural change. We need students to to lead this themselves. And this is where I think the faculty and the administration can. Um, have such an important part to play here to encourage students to hear perspectives that they may disagree with, to take speech they disagree with and counter it with more speech. Um, that it that the more that you can listen and understand and engage on those levels, that this is what the First Amendment is about. These are some of the most important principles in our country, and cancel culture only eliminates that. Um, it, it takes away so many possible opportunities to improve and to engage and challenge. So that's where it's, it's a important battle and, and climate change really for students that is going to take, um, it's going to take everyone to, to really tackle this and do it in a thoughtful and impactful way. Well, we have a bitter and uh, sometimes violent division in the U.S. right now uh, with uh, liberal versus conservative, Republican versus Democrat. In, in what way does the Open Discourse Coalition or the kind of speakers or panels that you have help or exacerbate that? You know, In what way does that climate change when, when you have these kinds of fora? Well, for example, tonight we're hosting our first, we're sponsoring our first event of the, the semester on campus, Trout Auditorium at 7 p.m. That's in the Vaughn Literature Building on the Academic Quad. And it's a panel discussion featuring all Bucknell alumni talking about the determinants of your health. What matters more, your zip code or your genetic code? It's a big, deep question, and this panel is full of of experts in various fields with various experiences tackling this topic with their own expertise and personal background. So we have physicians, we have a former NFL player who's been involved in uh, a lot of the news about the concussions and the payouts to retired players. 
um, and we have a Bucknell alum who is very involved in adoption. So this is an opportunity for us to demonstrate, to take to take a topic that isn't an inherently political, that's not a hot button, but to say here are five vastly different perspectives from both sides of the aisle, from different fields of medicine or personal experience, and they're going to disagree and have different approaches to this, but aren't we all better for hearing these different perspectives? You're absolutely um, right. But, you know, those sound like kind of like baby steps. I mean, it's getting people together and let's mm-hmm. let's take something that's non-controversial and let's discuss it from both sides, and that's great. But let me ask you about the role the media plays in this. There are so many talking heads on television and so many left-leaning channels, so many right-leaning channels. What responsibility do you lay at the feet of these people like, let's say, Sean Hannity and Joy Behar and people like that for provoking the cancel culture? I think it's very easy for the media on both sides to put the most attention on the squeakiest wheel, the most outrageous example, the most extremes. I see this on the right and the left. And it caricaturizes the arguments of someone that you might disagree with. Um, it makes it so extreme and, and many times out of bounds that it's so simple to think that everyone that thinks differently thinks that way. Uh, to dismiss it out of hand, to be unwilling to engage with it or to, to challenge it. And that's what I would like to see uh, in a change in the media is amplifying more thoughtful uh, and intellectually robust arguments. Um, It's more challenging, to be sure, because that's where you might find more agreement. That's where you might find your own personal beliefs changing or being challenged when, you know, it's much easier to put a microphone in front of someone who's going to say something outrageous. I find it much easier to watch a program where they tell you what to think instead of how to think. But I guess you're right in the long run. Anything, saves you a lot of time and effort, doesn't it? Right. Anything else you'd like to add to our discussion? Well, I just want to add that we're really grateful for the community involvement in our programs. And whenever possible, um, our on-campus programs that we support are open to the public. We um, will advertise them as such, and we love to bring the community and the students together to tackle these topics. Last year, we had a forum with Edward Snowden on national security, and it was primarily students, but it also had, gave them an opportunity to hear from community members who had different perspectives. And as much as we can foster that, I think that that is going to help us take um, really great steps towards towards discourse and understanding. So I hope that your listeners will take part in our programming as well. Come out, ask a question of the panelists, whether it's tonight or down the road. You can sign up for our emails at opendiscoursecoalition.org, and that's a great way to stay informed of what's coming up this semester. Well, my lovely bride and I watched the uh, Edward Snowden presentation. You probably heard her from where you were yelling at the TV, so it gave us an opportunity <laughs> to, to voice some of our emotion. And I also noticed you have a speaker coming up who's making a name for himself, really, uh, as uh, on some of the TV panel discussions. Joe Lonsdale uh, founded a university 
university because the ones that existed or participated in founding a university because the ones that he knew of already weren't allowing uh, open discourse or truth uh, uh, searching, as he calls it. So uh, that'll be something I'll be sure to watch later, too. So thank you so much for checking in, Dawn. Very much appreciated. And if you see President Biden, remind him that Republicans are not the evil people he's describing them as being. (laughs) Semi-fascist. Yeah, (laughs) that's not drawing us together. All right. Thank you. Thank Thank you you so much, Good luck with your project. Thank you so very much. Much appreciated. Don Toguchi, Executive Director, Open Discourse Coalition, based in Lewisburg, opendiscoursecoalition.org. They do have a panel discussion tonight. Uh, So far that I've detected most of their panelists that they have on campus are also on Zoom. So they uh, have done a couple of things that uh, we've been able to watch from home or laptop, computer, wherever you were. And they have more of those coming up. But uh, great pursuit of truth. And I think it's part of a national movement groups that form primarily around universities that really try to say, okay, let's cancel the cancel culture and let, let's just let everybody speak for, for a change. And that is uh, a pleasant change. All right, well, to get your soapbox and go down to Cameron Park and have at it. You can. All right. 1-800-795-9565. We're going to open up the phone lines on the market sponsor of the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. You can call us now, 1-800-795-9565, if you'd like to comment about some of the uh, speakers or panelists or the uh, ideas that Dawn was talking about. You can comment about that. You can email us, as three individuals have done, well, two individuals, one emailed two times, uh, you can do that at on the mark at WKOK.com or read your email on the radio. Don't sign it, and we won't uh, use your name on the air. You can text us at 70236. We don't see your name in the text, so you don't have to worry about that. 70236, but first put in the, the keyword OTM and then a space, and then you have 150 characters in order to get your message across. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. One of our good listeners sends us a note, says, Mark, you are the biggest uh, perpetrator of cancel culture. You would not let Joseph yesterday speak about the origins of the Abrahamic religions in the world. Sounds like you're the Fuhrer of cancel culture. Oh, come on now. <laughs> das Fuhrer. Uh, ja, mein Heil, mein Fuhrer. Okay. <laughs> We're going to take a break here for Fünf Minuten. get the beer. <laughs> Fünf Minuten will be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing and can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. You say so. There's a fine difference. Fine, fine line. <laughs> All right. 
upper right-hand corner. All right, Rob says, what does your guest think about opinion being labeled as misinformation on social media platforms? That's a good question. Uh, we should have asked her about that, but we didn't. Well, and the social media platforms always say, well, we're private businesses. We can do whatever we want. You know, they don't say, hey, we are 100% open. They say we jury and... Uh, and now they admit that if the FBI calls them and asks them to downplay a story about Hunter Biden, they do it. Right. So if the fact is that they don't like what you're saying, you know, it's like on this show. If we somebody, just cut you off. Right. It's <laughs> it's not... We don't say, hey, this show's 100% open. Anybody can say anything they want anytime. We do... It is juried, like an art show. You know, we, Well, there are... Per, per, uh, what you want to call them, not rules necessarily, guard but rails. guidelines that we follow. And I like to call them guard guardrails. Guardrails. Because right, I crash into description. occasionally. Well, Adolph, who's next on the program? <laughs> oh, my God. You're never going to forget that, are you? All right. Uh, Dan, you're from New Berlin. I was just going to say, Dan, you're from New Berlin. Go right ahead. In case you hey, forgot. Good morning, guys. Well, I hate to say this because I consider you guys friends, but... You get, that's a perfect example of cancer culture, what you did after you got the text or email. After you got done reading it, you started to talk in a Yiddish or a, some kind of a language to belittle Joseph's call a little more. Now, that's what cancel culture does. It belittles the other person instead of listening to what the person says. But if they're off-topic, Dan, and that's the problem we had with that call. First of all, it was a German accent. I probably did it poorly, but I was not shooting for Yiddish. I was shooting for German. Okay, well, I didn't know exactly, but... Obviously, I failed miserably. I'm trying to make make you a better person. (laughs) It's a wasted effort. Because if you don't have to do that... And I I don't agree with everything Joseph says, but he makes some great points. He does, but listen, this is not a religious program. We've made that point many, many that times. Was, hey, it is not that here. Was history, what Joseph was talking about. But he had about it he had history. it wrong. Well, it's we not looked a history at history program. No, we don't. It's not well, a, we didn't hear him. We looked we don't up. We know that he had it wrong speak because okay. get accused okay. of well, he got canceled. We looked it he, up. We don't know what he was. I, I, where he was gone, he might have been right, but you canceled him so he couldn't finish his statement. Didn't have By anything the to way, do with the Bible is a perfect history book, too. It's not just about religion, it's history. Jewish history. Right. We're not arguing that, Dan, but to you, the Bible is a literal book that is absolute truth. To other people, it isn't. We're not going to get anywhere in this program by having someone call in and say, if you don't believe this, you're wrong, and someone else saying, if you don't believe this, you're wrong. We're talking about ideas and opinions, where we let people express their views and other people talk about their views. It's not just you call in and for 20 minutes talk about anything you want to talk about. That's not the way the show's set up. But here's the part, thing you don't see. You, you allow, you allow Paul political speech that way. We, you know, you allow persons to say their opinion on political speech that they believe they're absolutely right. And Dan, right 
when we have when religion comes up as a topic for the show, we allow it. And don't interrupt Dan. No, I'm just saying. Show. Well, I'm, I want to make this clear because I think Dan's raising a serious point, and I'm trying to give him a serious answer. When we're trying to say how open, if we, we have, are. for example, there is a, a story out of uh, New Jersey where a group of people who own the beachfront are building a uh, a dock in the shape of a cross, and there's a lot of uh, angst in the community. They're calling it Christian bullying. Now we haven't gotten to that topic, but we have it here. If that, if we wind up discussing that, then calling in about religion and whether or not this is a problem. Abraham. Yeah, that's acceptable. But, you know, for yeah. somebody to just call in in the middle of one discussion and start telling us what the biblical perspective is of that subject, that's not what we're here to do. Well, if it's a real perspective, you have to go with it. Abraham was a real person. It lived in history the same as Stalin or any of the other people. Abraham lived in history. So But if you're talking it about just why religion. The Bible isn't just a book on religion. It's a book, like I said before, history has some science in it. It's a variety of subjects. Well, and it's alive, and I'll argue that. We certainly know that the Bible's alive. There's no argument about that. But when I ask the question, in what way is it wrong that Doug Mastriano wore a Confederate uniform, and I was in his defense yesterday in this position, in what way is it wrong to wear a Confederate uniform for Doug Mastriano? Any answer that starts out with the word Abraham isn't addressing the issue. No, He was talking about... You said he was a sem. You suggested that he was a semi anti semite right. and Joseph was going to answer the question. No, he was, was going to tell us where semi. He was going to tell us where it came from, but that was irrelevant to what we were discussing. Hold on, Dan. We're going to have to take a break. Do you want to stand all by? Right, or? I'll get off here and let someone else. All right, we'll call back. Call break. back. You, you Thanks get, for the time. Yep, you get more time. Call back. All right. All right, we are going to take a break for the CBS News. When we come back, we are going to continue our open discourse with Joe interrupting every five minutes. And you every three. (laughs) No, I'm eight minutes. You're five. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome aboard WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe, directly across from me, diametrically opposed to all the common sense, open discourse things that I promote. Huh. He's Mr. Cancel himself. Would like to shut down anybody. I'll who calls. cancel your culture. Yeah, you see, this I told you. <laughs> all right. We heard from Dawn Taguchi earlier, executive director of the Open Discourse Coalition. She's a Bucknell graduate, as are members of the board of the coalition, and they're trying to make sure that. That uh, they work with Bucknell. They remember these events uh, many times happen on the campus of Bucknell. They also had some leadership training that was put on by one of the nation's uh, great leaders, uh, Bill Groover, who's been on this show. There's Submariner, who was the mayor of Benson. Submariner. 
Oh, no, he says it's submariner. Oh, does he? Well, yeah. I always heard it called submariner. Well, well that's right. yeah, I think that's what landlubbers <laughs> call it. Well, vast ye, matey. <laughs> Not pirates, landlubbers. <laughs> okay. People who aren't sailors. And we have a Wisconsin school board which voted in favor of a policy banning gay pride flags and Black Lives Matter flags from classrooms due to what school leaders say is political messaging. Is this cancel culture? <laughs> or is it a legitimate attempt to keep political discourse out of the classroom? And if so, should it be? Mm, I think that's cancel culture. Do you? Canceling political discussion. Probably the no, kids... No, it's canceling political displays in the classroom. Okay. All right. Uh, well, 1-800-795-9565. We'll dig into that a little bit farther on. On the mark, sponsor by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemark at com and text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. We'd love to hear from you today about open discourse, if you have some information to uh, pass on about that. We do have some very brief news headlines. The Hill is reporting that the U.S. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell Monday said he has great confidence in Republican U.S. Senate candidate Mamet Oz, despite several polls showing the television doctor trailing Pennsylvania Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman in Pennsylvania, asked in Kentucky about Oz's chances of winning the Senate seat. McConnell says he thinks thinks that the GOP nominee, who's been painted as an out-of-touch carpetbagger from New Jersey, has a great shot at winning. He says, I have great confidence. The comments came after the Senate leader Friday hosted a fundraiser for Dr. Oz. Georgia Senate candidate Herschel Walker and Representative State Representative Ted Budd of North Carolina, who's running in the upper chamber in North Carolina, all of whom have the backing of former President Trump. McConnell pointed out that the event is proof that he has faith in Oz. I don't think I would have him here if I didn't think that. The Kentucky Republican said McConnell's public votes of confidence in Oz come despite the television doctor turned Republican politician consistently trailing John Fetterman in the Pennsylvania Senate race polling. His comments come on the heels of a number of opportunities for Dr. Oz, including their crudite squabble, they're calling it now. Crudite. Crudite, yeah, the crudite <laughs> squabble that was held not at a Wagner's. They used that word. If, they said wag- it was effete, <laughs> an effete word for vegetables. Not at a Wegman scene. He's got me doing it. It was Wangers. <laughs> oh, well, there is a Wangers out in Mifflinburg. Is there? Okay. Yeah, well, they, so you can't maybe say he that. was there. No, he was at Wagner's store, but he was really at a Wegman. So anyway, so Oz did that. And uh, Fetterman is uh, really backed into a corner on this because he won't accept any public debate since he had his stroke. He can't handle it. Right. His speech is significantly affected, and so he's not ready to agree to debates yet. So um, that's a pickle. If you can't debate, can you serve? I think is it. Is that a valid it's question? It's a debating chamber. You stand up and you talk and you give your reasons for things. If you can't do it, what was it they said? If the glove don't fit, you must acquit. Well, if you can't speak, you can't serve in the Senate. Wow. You've been giving this a lot of thought, haven't you? I've been mulling it day and night. All right. Yeah, we we don't hear a, a lot of bloody glove illustrations on this show, so that was a nice change. But anyway, okay, so that's Mitch McConnell campaigning for Dr. Oz. Uh, let's see. A three-inch rainfall deficit deficit around here is having a big impact in Pennsylvania. The state agriculture secretary, Russell Redding, says no 
Northumberland County farmers are in a really difficult spot with corn being significantly affected. Considerations right now of of having to harvest that for corn silage if possible just because they're not sure that there's going to be an ear on the Secretary Redding heard concerns and comments from county farmers during an agricultural forum Friday at the Northumberland County Fair hosted by State Representative Linda Schlegel-Colver. You can read more about that at WKOK.com. Associated Press reporting today that the State Attorney General Josh Shapiro went to court repeatedly to defend Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf's administration against legal challenges to his pandemic-era mandates and shutdowns. Now he's running to succeed Wolf as governor. Shapiro says he's against some of the same COVID-19 containment measures. He says, quote, this is an area where I think folks got it wrong, unquote. But he he doesn't say that the governor got it wrong. His friend, he says, where folks got it wrong. He said of school and business shutdowns, he opposed them. Instead, talked about a need to educate and empower the public, business owners, school leaders, and others to protect themselves. Shapiro, the state's two-term attorney general, is also running against decades of precedent. If he wins, it would be he would be the first governor to succeed a two-term governor of the same party ever in Pennsylvania. Did you know that? Democrat. Oh, just Democrat. Mm-hmm. Okay, not, but Republicans have succeeded yes. each other. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Well, it doesn't say that. T- call the hill and tell them. <laughs> or no, that's AP. Never mind. All right, and finally, if your J-O-B makes you I-L-L, You'll live longer if you take a sick day. New research suggests it taking a sick day reduces deaths from suicide and homicide. There are millions here who always go to work with aches and pains and sniffles and coughs because they don't get sick days at all or can't miss out on the money. The U.S. is one of only a few developed countries with no national paid sick leave policy for employees who never can take a sick day. Uh, not only are their lives shortened, but the suicide and homicide rate is higher among individuals who don't get a sick day. How about that? I'm not quite sure what to, what to <laughs> say about that. All right. Well, there's a lot involved in not getting a sick day. You're certain you're in a sort of group uh, of workers that aren't uh, generally in an office. So maybe it goes more with a, a blue-collar setting or possible so. setting. Yeah, maybe possible. All right. 1-800-795-9565. We loved your analysis on this and other topics. 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarketwk. Or text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. We have uh, talked about open discourse. We had uh, the head of the Open Discourse Coalition here. Cancel culture. Who gets canceled? Some folks thought uh, some folks on this show got canceled, but uh, we try to be as open as possible. But we do talk about specific topics. So today we're talking about uh, cancel culture, open discourse, and uh, the opportunity for folks to weigh in on this. Uh, Mike. You are on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Go right ahead. Yeah, the first thing I want to say is, generally speaking, it's been my experience in my lifetime that when you have an off-year election and one party is you know, viewed as overreaching, there's a correction. Uh, my prediction that this time that's not going to happen. Okay, so that, that's where I'm at right now. We'll see how we, when we get closer to the election, but right now I'm not predicting uh, a change in Congress. Really? But in the, in the, House or Senate? 
Exactly. Wow. Yeah, at, this, at this particular point in time. Yeah. And what changed that? Uh, this time, six months ago, you, you, I think we were leaning towards at least a change in the House. What has changed since then? Well, one one thing is, and the polling numbers as a whole are getting closer, and that generally happens towards the election. But I think this time what we have is a very uh, organized uh, Democrat Party in, the, uh, in all aspects. Their messaging, their use of uh, data, uh, their basic control of the mainstream media and the narratives, and, uh, you know, and, and to get out the vote, you know, especially, you know, with the college campuses and what we learned last time with the, uh, the money that flew in to get out the vote efforts uh, from big tech in the cities. And I, and I just think that that's going to be uh, an overwhelming force that will take over the general theory that we have a correction in the midterms. Okay. Okay. Now, and when as far as the public discourse goes, yesterday uh, on the air I, I spoke uh, to a 60 Minutes episode where uh, due to an event, a terrorist attack on a substation uh, back in 2013, and I reported that the government official that was on 60 Minutes, or ex-government official, said that if you were to take out nine specific substations in this country, you could collapse the entire American grid, okay? And then I drew a parallel to our border control, where we've uh, already identified over 100 people that have been on the terrorist watch list that tried to come in to the United States. I'm not talking about sneaking. I'm talking about just tried to come in, and, and they were stopped. Now, my position is how many people have either become terrorists since, uh, it, you know, we started this uh, program of letting people in, and how many people uh, snuck in, okay? So if they, if they became terrorists since the uh, watch list, and they're getting under the radar. And I think that it's we're really taking a risk by allowing open borders, not having controlled and legal immigration, and not facilitating mass migration into this country. I think it's to our benefit to control that. And I drew the parallel with uh, the Democrats running in Pennsylvania, uh, Shapiro and Fetterman, who are in favor of Biden's policies and the Democrat left policies. And because of that, <laughs> with, with no proof, I was called incendiary, okay? And they, they did not attack they did not attack my specific things that I said and why I believe that. They just said I was incendiary. And to me, that is exactly what you guys are talking about. They're not willing to listen to logic. They're not listen, uh, willing to listen to facts. If you don't agree with them, you're incendiary. And I think that's where we're at. We're so divided in this country, and the Democrats have to get out the vote and the ballot harvesting down to a T and the message in. That's why I think we're going to have uh, an off-year election that's going to surprise a lot of people. In what way? I, well, I don't think that the Republicans are going to uh, take over either branch of the Congress. Really? Wow. You're the first person I've heard to predict that. Well, I mean, it's an opinion, right? This is an opinion that I have based right. on the way I see things. It doesn't mean I'm a bad person. It doesn't mean I'm a, what, is it, what was it called, a semi-fascist? That's right. That's what they call us oh, no. now, semi-fascist. That, that's one of his unifying speeches, too. Yes, that's President Biden, the great unifier. <laughs> Trying to draw us back together. <laughs> Darn fascists. I, I know, you know, listen, when we, when, when we have a president call uh, one party semi-fascist that elected Donald Trump, I have to say 
that his mental condition can't be right unless he is such a believer in the uh, polls that tell him what to say that he believes that he's saying the right thing. But I, I just, I can't grasp that he said. Every day this man surprises me, and what surprises me more is that people that are relatively smart people that are willing to come out and support that statement from a guy like that. It just it, it boggles my mind. I'd like to go what, back what to having. I'd like to go back to having presidents that didn't shock you every day. <laughs> I, I do too. I, I like to have a president that has has the whole country essentially pointing in the in the right direction. And you know, there's a saying: as something goes, something goes. I, I don't remember what made that famous, but I'll tell you what: something goes, something goes. And I'm familiar with that. No, there's no such saying. You're Never making heard that, that up. That statement. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a correlation. I, my belief is this: as the EU goes, so goes America. And if you if you looked at the electric prices that they're going to be paying over the winter. If everything stands as it is right now, they're basically ten times higher than they were last year. I think you're and thinking I of. Believe, I think you're thinking they, of as Maine goes, so goes the nation. Uh, so, Iowa was it Maine or Iowa? Maine was Maine. So as as the EU EU goes, so goes the USA, and so I, I think that that trend, which is happening, has to be arrested. We have living proof of what a failure the leftist policies in the EU have been. So we need to take that as a warning. So I'll hang up and, and wait for someone else to call me incendiary. Okay, well, you're a flaming conservative. <laughs> incendiary. Thank you, sir. Yeah, Thanks I'm, for calling in. Okay, you guys have a good day. <laughs> hey, you too, buddy. Thank I you. I suggest your suggested listening would be Billy Joel, We Didn't Start the Fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'd like to apologize to AP. I was thinking of Tom Ridge and Mark Schweiker, but Tom Ridge didn't fill out his term. He was appointed uh, head of Homeland Security and, re- mm-hmm. and stepped down as governor. And so the AP is absolutely correct. And that's an unusual case. <laughs> All right. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com. You can text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. We do have some messages we've received via email. Uh, we'll take your onthemarketwkok.com emails and the text at 70236. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Bounce. 
All right, uh, Joe, you got a full screen in front of you. I Let me tell indeed. folks the phone number, 1-800-795-9565. We're going to talk about these uh, pride flags being taken down in the classroom in a moment, but we got three messages related to the idea of allowing all voices to speak up on campuses and so on. This is from our friend Doug. He said, I saw one of those Unity Over Division yard signs recently, and it made me start thinking, how's that BS slogan working out? We watch illegal immigrants being welcomed with handshakes and hotel stays while openly breaking laws. We watch the left celebrating paying off student loans at the expense of working Americans, and then the old man who thinks he's president just called MAGA supporters fascists. What a way to unify the country. Trump may have called a lot of politicians a lot of different names, but I don't recall him degrading the American people and calling them names just because they didn't support him. But that's what fascists, etc., etc., because they don't have good accomplishments to run on. Uh, did I get that right? But that's what the left does now, label conservatives as racist, homophobic, fascists, etc., etc., because they don't have good accomplishments to run on. There, that's correct. Hmm. Well, and I think Doug understates it when he says that part I highlighted that the student loan payoff is at the expense of working Americans. I think it's at the expense of all Americans, really. Well, those who pay taxes, at least. Well, that's true. Or those who ever paid taxes or those who are going to pay taxes in the years ahead. And the Biden administration won't answer how it's being paid for, except to say that it's fully paid for by the uh, reductions in the um, uh, debt that they've created. That's like saying, well, I paid off my credit card and I'm going to charge more. So. <laughs> yes, I, or I went bankrupt, and now my uh, credit my, score my, went, up went up because again. I'm bank. <laughs> I don't have any debt. <laughs> right. All right. So that's that one. Uh, uh, EB says PA State Representative David Rowe has been melting down on social media because of the student loan forgiveness bill. President Biden and the Democrats passed that last week. It's interesting that he is suddenly against loan forgiveness, considering that he took a PPE loan, PPP loan, of twenty-five thousand dollars for his gym then had that loan forgiven. Isn't it funny how that works? David Rowe is a massive hypocrite. Signed, E.B. Well, we talked about this last week. PPP loans, it's written right into the contract that if you keep the employment going and the business is still thriving right. and you stay open... It'll be forgiven. It'll be forgiven. Student loans aren't that way. I mean, no. President Biden went in and changed the contract... Well, here's the difference. ...for the other loans. The other people, Mr. Rowe and the other people, fulfilled their obligation. They kept their businesses open. <laughs> they did what the government told them to do. They kept people working, as opposed to just giving somebody... Some Something who made an agreement to pay it back and then wants to, wants us to pay it back for him. Right, okay. Even a lot of Democrats are getting very upset about this because they realize the, how unfair it is. Right. Well, they're the working class people of the world, and guess what? We're getting uh, <laughs> we're getting the shaft. I mean, you and I, I don't know if you had loans or not, but I did, and my daughter does, you know, and so uh, I, she'll probably get a little forgiveness from this, but I think she, I think I told you before, she paid off, she had a couple loans, private loans and school, federal loans. Right. Well, the one, the federal ones she paid off first. Her biggest mistake. <laughs> right, well, the Dave Ramsey <laughs> method, you know, you, you pay off the smallest ones first. And then one of our other emailers says, what do you think she said? They're not just walking over regarding unvaxxed border crossers. Yes, she said it. Uh, what do you think she said? Who are we talking about here? 
Uh, oh, the the uh, press secretary for the president. It's up in oh, the subject. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Corrine just walking over. Corrine Payne, Saint Pierre press secretary yesterday. She said they're not just walking over regarding unvaxxed border crossers. Yes, okay. she said it. Well, they are just walking over. Well, for some of them, some of them have to run or, or wade through water, but they, there's quite a few coming into the U.S. Yeah, and I think Mike uh, hits it on the head, and it hasn't been addressed. Even President Trump didn't seal the border. So you did. He was trying. It wasn't addressed. Well, this has been not addressed for 50 years. This idea that terrorism has extremely large potential scope in the U.S., but yet we have a porous border to the south, a completely open border to the north, and I'm sure that you could swim ashore almost anywhere uh, in between. Not anymore at the north. You do have to show a pa- have a passport now to get into Canada, don't so you? So you think just uh, north of Montana, every inch of that border no, is protected? But I'm saying I think we have taken. Some steps up there, you know. Right, we small put a steps. sign up there that says "terrorists go back." Right, that and doesn't work. <laughs> one that says "Mark Lawrence, leave the country." <laughs> <laughs> All right, one of our listeners sent us an email a couple of weeks ago, or a couple of days ago. We didn't get to it, but this is noteworthy. It's a clipping from the Center Square. Joe, you want to read this? It just shows about government waste. All right, the U.S. Department of Agriculture is sending seven hundred forty thousand dollars to Pennsylvania for critical infrastructure to combat climate change, but most of the money will go towards repaving parking lots. The USDA Rural Development Program provides taxpayer money for all sorts of programs, from from infrastructure to health care to environmental and economic concerns in the rural parts of America. In fiscal year 2022, it provided almost $1.5 billion for local projects. In the latest announcement, noted 16 projects in Pennsylvania, but the lion's share of the funding will go to four parking lots in Bloomsburg. (laughs) Wow, you're going to have a lot of fun up in Bloomsburg finding a parking space. These 16 projects represent Pennsylvania's diverse rural economy and will strengthen its resilience, said USDA State Director Bob Morgan in a news release. The Biden-Harris administration has created a roadmap for how we can tackle the climate crisis and expand access to renewable energy infrastructure. The roadmap has a strong emphasis on cars. The town of Bloomsburg in Columbia County received a $500,000 grant to repay four parking lots in the town. The news release noted the aging infrastructure needs major repairs. Improvements of these lots will impact more than 30 businesses that are within a block radius of the proposed project. So the farm community is getting four paved parking lots in Bloomsburg. This is big news. We should celebrate. Pop the cork. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I uh, saw that. The Press Enterprise has been all over the center square, picked up on it, and it is that's a, it's a vexing question. Just how do you tie this into climate? Maybe they're not like Jet black macadam. Maybe they're white, so they reflect more light back into the sky rather and than getting hotter. One of our other listeners brings up an excellent point. PPP loan program was passed by Congress. Student loan forgiveness was an executive order. Okay. Big difference. All right. But that wouldn't matter to EB. Stan, you're on the mark. Yeah, good morning. Uh, you were talking with that lady this morning about everybody should just come together and put out their, put out their thoughts and everybody should listen and Agree or disagree, but do it in a kind and gentle way. Kumbaya. Basically. Why can't yeah, we kumbaya. all just I, I don't necessarily have a problem with it. But I was looking online today, and I seen a little clip from a guy who in, was uh, reading from the uh, oh, a directive that came out from the Communist Party of the USA in 1943. And in that directive, they said that uh, the commies 
should label certain obstructionists that they you know that disagree with what they're trying to do, you know, the communists are trying to do, as fascists, Nazis, anti-Semitic, and keep labeling that and use the prestige, as they put it, of the so-called anti-fascist and tolerance organizations to drive that home into the public discourse. So that you keep telling the people that because these, you know, those being labeled that already has a bad smell to it, as they said. So eventually, if you pound that into people's minds long enough, they'll believe that it is truth. I know of a certain organizations that do that on a daily basis right now. And it comes from the top in the White House. <laughs> Could you suppose that they're still following the 1943 directive from the U.S. Communist Party? Well, that's an interesting question. What do you think? Well, they, they sure seem to be doing that because that's what do they call Trump? They call Trump a fascist. They called him a Nazi. They've called him an anti-Semite. They call his supporters the same thing. They call anybody that disagrees with them fascists and Nazis and racists constantly. And when you consider when you consider that President uh, <laughs> President Trump's son-in-law is Jewish, that's certainly an unusual charge. Well, yeah, you know it is, and fascists. Who's the one that wanted to force everybody in this country to get a vaccine? It wasn't Trump. It was our dear leader, Dementia Joe Biden. Dementia Joe, I like that. <laughs> Incendiary. Oh, there we go. You set off the alarm. <laughs> there we go. I'll go with that. I want to throw some incendiary bombs out there because it needs to be done. These people are constantly trying to destroy this country. They're no not doing any good. Come on. Steve. You know, they're, 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 no. Tell me what they've done good. The, the Inflation Reduction Act? How much inflation do you think that's going to reduce? Not a bit. When you're spending <laughs> almost three-quarters of a trillion dollars, or actually over three-quarters of a trillion dollars of money that we don't have. So where's that money going to come from? The Federal Reserve is going to print it. It's going to be digitally put out there and spent. So you're going to put more money in the money, in the supply, so that makes every dollar that's out there worth less, which increases inflation. Well, the Biden administration won't say how it's being paid for. They like to dodge that question. <laughs> that's because they can't pay. Oh, that's right. We're going to reduce the deficit by one point whatever trillion dollars. I'm not sure how that happens when you spend more money than we have. <laughs> and they're going to collect more taxes because they hired with, I don't know, billions of dollars. They're going to hire more IRS agents to go out and, and do more audits on supposed rich peoples, but we all know that the supposed rich people have the lawyers to fight those audits and get around all the, you know, the findings. Use all the loopholes that are available. So it's going to come down to the lower people, the middle class, that don't have the money to get the lawyers to fight the crap. Well, I agree with some of the, your observations. I just, I just don't see it as exclusively the radical left that's doing all this. You know, it's the ultra right. Who's and in charge right now, Marv? Who's in charge? Mark, um, who's in charge of the country? Yes, who's, who's in charge of the country? Right now. President yes, Biden is the president. And what party does he belong to? Uh, <laughs> I think he's in the anti-Semite party. There, no, he's the uh, semi-fascism yeah, party. Yeah. He's the kumbaya party. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just, uh-huh. you know, I, I think honestly, the de- divisive rhetoric of which you speak is certainly uh, hurting the country, and it may destroy the country. You know, I, I was glad to, to have Don Taguchi on the radio today talking about this, but you know, the, it is less than a drop in the bucket. The, the open discourse they're permitting, everybody else is using the, the harshest rhetoric that they have. President Biden, the man who campaigned on unity, included. So, but you know, he 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 was brought to us by the previous president who was almost as divisive as Biden is being now who was brought to us really? by the previous president who brought <laughs> government as divisive as it was when president Trump took over who was brought to us really? by the previous <laughs> well and, you know and i think it's nature for us to wallow in our division but the question is will we survive you know is our nation going down you say democrats are trying to destroy the country well i've seen plenty of people of all political stripes who their actions, if left unchecked, would destroy the country. I mean, January 6th, what if, what if the police didn't finally get a hold of it? Do you think they would have just stopped there and stopped looking under the tables and behind the closed doors? And I think our, our nation is wound up. I know you feel it's just Democrats and not Republicans, but uh, I think your blinders aren't letting you see that it's all the participants in the, in the violent discourse that we got going on. Let me ask you a question, Mark. When did you ever hear Trump call anybody on the Democrat side Nazis, fascists, and anti-Semitic? Oh, he was a name caller. I don't know. He called them socialists. Did you ever call? Did they ever call him that? Did they, Did he ever call anybody that? He so, called them socialists. So that's where you draw the line. In other words, just those words. No, no, Any no, no, other? No, no, no. I'm asking you that because that is what the left is calling everybody that supports Trump. All Republicans, let me put it this way, all Republicans, whether they supported Trump or not, if you're a Republican, you say you're Republicans, then you're automatically labeled a racist, a Nazi, a homophobe, a misogynist, blah, 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 blah. Okay? okay. That's the way the system is set up. Yeah, I think that's just the way it's you're hearing right. it. I know that there's definitely some people that don't uh, aren't happy with what the Republicans have done and, and are using that kind of rhetoric. There's no argument there. I just don't think it's everybody on the left. You know, I was watching MSNBC last night for five minutes, and they didn't use that kind of rhetoric. And nor when I switched to Tucker Carlson was he using the most disparaging remarks to talk about the Democrats. I think you perceive us as being even more divided than we actually are. I think we're in trouble. I, I think we're I, divided. I, I don't. I, I don't. I mean, I see the comments, though. I, I see the comments out there. You know, I get on social media way too much, I think. And, and I see the comments of how the people label other people. You know, they disagree. You know, the abortion thing, right away, you're, you're misogynist, anti, anti-woman, blah, 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 blah. No, I just want the babies to live. So, you know, you know, and, and there's ways to prevent pregnancy if you don't want it. That's, but that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> so we're not going to go there. But, but I have a suggestion for everybody. <laughs> All right, you know Anne Ryan, Ayn Rand, right? Ayn Rand, you know yep. she wrote a bunch of books. Well, it was Ayn and Ayn it depends Ryan. on who you're asking. And Matt, yes, A Y N, A Y N's how it's spelled. But anyways, read the Fountainhead. Okay, that's the one of the books she wrote. It's fiction, but you start reading it. You start reading how the manipulation of the news media affects how people think about other people. All right, we got it's you. It's all lazy. She lays it out. 
Just read it we with an cut, open mind. We got to cut your off. Have here. a great day. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. <laughs> See you, buddy. Yeah, he's criticizing the news media. We got to cut him off. All right, we got to take a quickie break. When we come back, I'm going to tell you about the Kia Nero EV. When we return, but we'd love to have you on the line, ready to go. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. You can email us at on the market or text us at seven zero two three six. Welcome on board, WKOK's live telephone talk show. I'm Mark Lawrence, Mr. Joe, directly across from me, and he's agreed with me on several occasions today. I agree with you, today is Tuesday. <laughs> okay, that's about <laughs> it. After that, it kind of falls apart. Rob Center's being our fabulous producer, and so we're always grateful for his help and hard work. If you missed any of our program, if you missed Dawn Taguchi today from the Open Discourse Coalition, we'll have her interview up on the WKOK podcast page, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Podcasts. Bob's podcast from Berwick and everybody else's podcast. Apple podcast. I'd love to have an apple pie. <laughs> right. Oh, a good one. Where can you get a good apple pie around here? Oh, uh, there are a lot of good places that have apple pies. County Line well, Restaurant. Wise has, Wise has delicious oh, apple okay. pies. Uh, County Line Restaurant out in Richfield has has them, but that's a little far to go. Well, the Country Creamery has good apple pie, too. Oh, do Homemade. they? Homemade. Oh, there Homemade. you go. Okay, super. All right. WRR says, Stan, you talk about individuals consistently giving the same mantra day after day until the public believes it's true. Isn't that what you do every day, every day, every day you call into the show? Isn't there some saying about a pot calling the kettle? Purple? No, it's, he, that's where the writer stopped. Okay. Hey, I want to tell you about the Sunbury Motor Company. SMC stands for selling more cars and satisfying more customers, but it leaves the need for many great behind-the-scenes employees to make all that happen. Subsequently, they are looking for some awesome technicians to help serve you. They're looking for entry-level and experienced technicians in their quick lane, car, truck, light service, heavy-duty truck, body, frame and alignment and towing departments. If you're an experienced technician or entry level looking for your first job uh, or you'd like a career change, contact the Sunbury Motor Company. You can call them at 570-286-7746 or go to sunburymotors.com. In the meantime, uh, they're selling Ford, Hyundais, and Kias. Very affordable. They have the Kia Nero EV. Very high ratings from all the consumer magazines. Uh, Less than $44,000 and it gets 112 miles per gallon, so to speak, because it only runs on electricity. Ten hours to charge it up, 239 mile range. It charges faster if you have a high-speed charger. I think they're DC chargers or something. But I heard on uh, the the, uh, America's First News today that Rapid charging is hurts the batteries. Oh, yeah. That it, it shortens their life. Anyway, forward collision warning, rear cross-track warning, pedestrian and bicycle detection, uh, automatic emergency braking, lane-keeping assistant, lane departure warning, and uh, in Joe's case, automatic radio changer in case somebody starts to talk about democratic ideals. Uh, the Kia Nero EV. I wonder when they're going to come up with nuclear cars. Little Probably gen- not. How about steam? We uh, use we started out with steam. We can well, go back to hydrogen. Steam. You love hydrogen cars. I love steam. Oh, you want steam cars? Let's get the coal well, industry got back on its feet again. <laughs> yeah, that's the way to go. 
All right. Tom says, we are going to pay for everything from the trickle-down funds from the Bush and Trump tax cuts. <laughs> but, Tom, you said that money wasn't available, wouldn't produce wouldn't produce anything. Right, so. it's not really going to work. And now up here? I read that. Oh, no, I'm sorry, I didn't. Speaking of paving parking lots, when is someone going to insist that the entranceway road on the right side of Monroe Marketplace be repaved and the potholes closed up? Those potholes have been there for the better part of a year, and it's really damaging to tires. Whose responsibility to see that such a project is enforced? Evidently, the people who own the marketplace are doing nothing, but some entity locally should get on this, and now with those responsible for the roadways before winter comes. What is... Um Maybe we could get a loan. Is that private? Is the driveway private from the road? The driveway's private, yes. It's owned by whoever owns the mall. Okay. So I would think it would be their responsibility. Pre-it? That... Yeah, yeah, I guess the same people own the Susquehanna Valley Mall, isn't Mm -hmm. it? Yeah, okay, so uh, we are officially telling them that their parking lot... Get on it. (laughs) Get on their parking lot. Or as Kevin would yell, fix it! Fix it, right. (laughs) All right, what do you got there? Well, this is that story. A Wisconsin school board voted in favor of a policy banning gay pride flags and Black Lives Matter flags from classrooms due to what the school leaders say is political messaging. Teachers and administration will not have political flags or religious messaging in their classroom or on their person, said Superintendent Stephen Plum ahead of the vote, according to the news media. The Kettle Moraine School Board voted last Tuesday in favor of keeping a code of conduct in place that the school superintendent had interpreted as banning teachers from displaying political and religious messages in classrooms. The political messages include ones such as gay pride flags, BLM flags, and we back the badge signs. Only one school board member voted against the ban, saying he made the decision after speaking with concerned students and staff. The policy also includes banning teachers from including their preferred pronouns in email signatures. Plum told the school board that the district's interpretation of the policy, which prohibits staffers from using their positions to promote partisan politics, religious views, and propaganda for personal, monetary, or non-monetary gain, changed following a legal analysis. The vote was held in a packed room last week as students and community members sounded off on the measure. I think it makes a great deal of common sense. I mean, the teachers should teach the stuff, but I think if you put up flags and banners, you're kind of doing more than that. You're subliminally at least saying, this is how I feel. What if you put up uh, uh, a Trump flag, a Biden flag, a gay pride flag, a Antifa flag? Is, is there, there a straight a flag? Yeah. You'd have to have a straight flag to go with the... Uh... Every flag is a, is a straight flag. <laughs> We really? I didn't know that. Right. Yeah, now you know. But seriously, don't you think that that makes a great deal of sense? Well, I, I guess you could restrict I mean, political speech, but the gay pride flag, if it's in support of Well, not of just the, that. You put up a sign that says, Jesus saves. That wouldn't be particularly permitted either. Well, that's because you're supposed to keep religion out of schools these days. But I think if you have a, 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 anything that supports the LGBTQ community is in support of an entire class or a whole group of students, it's not a political belief. It's who they are. But I'm not sure what the equivalent would be. There is no straight flag, I guess, in in response to your question. Um, what would be another thing that uh, if a lot of the students... Well, what about a Black Lives Matter flag? Would well, that, that would no, that, Yes, that, that was listed right here in the oh, example. Okay, so Something specifically banned. Uh, what about a Luther, the Lutheran Rose? Could we put that in? Because that's a particular religion, but there's probably some Lutherans in the school. Well, I don't know how many people know the Rose, but let's say we hung a crucifix with Christ. 
Christ on it, that would be implying Catholicism, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yes, it would. And that would not be permitted mm, under this. Okay. I mean, you know, the schools are, should be a place of learning. If in the civics class there is a discussion about religion... Uh, well, in or that there, room, they could have a hundred flags Well, I would think that if it was, was appropriate... For example, I know some history teachers like to dress up, like Doug Mastriano did, as historical figures, and I don't see anything wrong with that. But is that a political statement? In other words, if I dress up as Abraham Lincoln, am I making a political statement about well, slavery? I, I told you that didn't bother me. Of all the things Doug Mastriano says and does, that's the least <laughs> offensive. But anyway, the, I honestly think that the uh, if, if you ban the gay flag, what does that? What is the message that it says to people who are but gay it's not or just lesbian banning or transgender? Gay. They, they shouldn't have had the flag there in the first place. And this school is banning not just that. Suppose there student. was an ant, a flag that said, uh, well, let's say you said not Antifa, but let's say the Proud Boys had a flag. Okay. Would you want that flying in the classroom? <laughs> <laughs> well, we or hanging in the boys. classroom? We want our boys and our girls to be proud. So what's wrong with that? <laughs> but what is the, uh, what's the mascot for that particular team? Which school district is this? This is uh, the Kettle Moraine School Board. In, oh, okay. Uh, the, the Kettle? Cats. In Wisconsin. All right, because <laughs> their team is the cats. I, I'm making this Maybe up. Maybe it could be popcorn. Kettle okay. popcorn okay. is right. very the good. The team is the popcorn. So the kettle popcorn football fighting team. Uh, the fighting colonels. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. I like that. Good pun. So you, the fighting colonels have a sign up that says, uh, Go, Colonels, Go. And has a big picture of a popcorn running down the field. And so, but is that supporting just, because that's supporting one class of students, those who are athletes, particularly those who play football, you know, so, but it also could be for the whole school to support those students who are athletes. Likewise with the gay pride flag, it's supporting those students who might be gay, and it also encourages the whole school to support that team. No, it's well, not that, a team. That's a stretch. It's a group. Listen, here's what the ACLU, and of course you would figure that they'd be involved in oh, this, would you, you not? Come to my rescue, please. If you have a policy, this is them speaking, if you have a policy that says nothing political, does that mean you can't have a sign-up that says support our troops or believe women or save the planet? By some people's definition, all of those things are political, said Christine Donahoe, mm. who is an attorney for the ACLU of Wisconsin. It really looks like targeted attacks on specific viewpoints like LGBT communities or welcome and safe spaces for students of color. But, you know, is the only way you can have a safe space for a person of color to, is to have a Black Lives Matter flag hanging? No, I think by your behavior, by your inclusive and well, right. welcoming behavior. institution has to be I don't need a flag. I don't need a flag here that okay. says Aaron Gobra telling me that Ireland is great for me to feel safe and welcome in this studio. I mean, you've gone out of your way to make me feel extremely unwelcome, but yet I show up here every day. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't have any flags. We don't have any it's flags. All words. No. All right, one 800 795-9565. Joe, you're free to go. We have a few moments left, but we would love a caller. 1-800-795-9565. Speedy dialers only. Uh, you can email us at onthemarketwkok.com and text us at 70236. Is there anybody that agrees with uh, this school district uh, superintendent that any political messaging at all whatsoever should be banned? Or uh, do you agree with me that maybe reaching out and supporting athletes and uh, LGBTQ students and 
a, didn't say anything about supporting athletes. Well, no, but I mean, you can have a sign that go but team. But that's the moral equivalent. You have no, individuals who are athletically involved. You have those who are gay. It's there. It's a segment of the whole school. Not everybody's a football player, so there's just a segment of the school that does that. So if you support them, are you supporting uh, one segment and not others? Do they have to Boy, take down their signs too? You really are out in the weeds here. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for that. All right. Uh, yes, I'm not made to feel welcome here. Thank you. All right, I'll take the rest of the day off. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing, they can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. All right, welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. Uh, we did receive one text. I saw it came in. Oh, no, there's a couple. Or maybe they're not screened. Well, let's do Al, and then we'll I'll All right, s- we have screen time. these out. Go ahead, Al. Well, well thank you. Uh, what if uh, President Biden would have made the United speech instead of, I mean, something really worth talking about instead of going the other way and making it really something we ought to talk about? I mean, if he would have made a united speech in some way, found a way just to get us talking about being united again. Do you think that's possible? (laughs) I think it runs against his DNA. Well, I think it would be possible. Yeah, He's like an angry old man. And, you know. (laughs) Get off my lawn. (laughs) Darn Republicans. Well, I've listened to this show, so, you know, I'm not calling anybody angry or mean or anything like that, but I get my fill of people acting that way, you know, just by listening to this show. And maybe it would be nice just to go united for a change. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you can't, you can have a discussion, you can have a lively discussion without it being acrimonious. You know, you don't have right, to have, you, you have, have an acrimonious a- caller that I'm talking about in particular that he gives me my fill of I, I don't need any more of that after the show. <laughs> I mean, I've had my fill for the day, and, and I thank him for that. I appreciate that. So I hear any more of it, I can just skip it. Well, I'm sure he'll be happy to hear that you, you filled him up, or he's filled you up. <laughs> right. Thank you. Hey, thanks for calling Thanks, Al. Al. All right. Yeah, uh, highlighted right there, lower right-hand corner. How about schools just teach the three R's and keep politics out of all types of our schools? Right, just have that. white walls and blackboards with nothing on them but numbers and vocabulary words, and that's it. Teach them about Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> all right, and Abraham. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury, WKOK. News time, 10 a.m.